Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to Jokes with Mark Simmons, a podcast where I chat to another comedian about jokes they can't get to work. Uh, as always, I'm joined by cool producer Joel. Hey, Mark. Hey, Joel. Hey, Joel. How's it going, Joel? We we are very late releasing the podcast this we week. We are, we are. And for those of you who uh, are regulars to the podcast, you will know that last week, uh, Joel's girlfriend had COVID and Joel was going to be stuck in the house for 10 days. What, Joel, what's happened since then? I've got it. You've got COVID. Yeah. You seem pretty chipper right now. Yeah. You sounded, I mean, I think it was only text, but you didn't sound chipper when you, no, when you, I was not. When you had it. <laughs> um, no, like a few days this week where I was just completely wiped out. I felt like I'd been hit by a bus. People say that, yeah. Felt like you had been hit by a bus. So what? Oh, just aching and just. I had just no energy. Like getting up out of bed and walking around the flat was just knackering. It was. Really? I was so tired. Yeah. Um, Did you have chest issues? Are you right? No, no, no. It was just. Oh, that's good then. Yeah, it was just the exhaustion and yeah, it wasn't much fun. No, how long have you got to stay in the flat for now? I can't until Wednesday. I've, I've, I'll be doing sixteen days in total in the flat. Oh, so we will record next week's podcast. Yep, and you'll I'll still, still be, be in the flat. Sixteen, 16. days in a one-bedroom flat. How are you feeling about it? Not like, great. No, the weather's amazing, and, and, and your and your girlfriend's been able to go out and run around in the yeah. lake. <laughs> yeah, she's just been out. She just went for a run actually, and I think she's <laughs> going she? to the lake later. Yeah, um, <laughs> the, old, the, the old Stratford Lake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, yeah, oh, that's annoying. Is she rubbing it in your face or is she being nice about it? Being nice. She's been very nice about is it. She? Because it's, yeah. I mean, it's her fault, isn't it? So, is it, yeah. Do, does she feel guilty about it? Not not as guilty as I'd like not, her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. So, at least you've got the Euros to, to keep you busy for the next yes, few days. Yes, please. That's nice. Who, what, I, I, I haven't, I don't know, but what's, who's, who's on today today time uh, recording it's who's, okay, saturday this. so this is a bit yeah. of fun who's mm-hmm. gonna win the uh, euros france france are going to you've heard it here first everybody go <laughs> get down to your local betting shops lots of and put everything available. you own on france everything you own on france why are they gonna win joel uh they're just very 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 good they won the world cup in 2018 they've got the best first 11 and the best 
strength and depth in their squad of any team. Um, you know, it's not a foregone conclusion. They're also used to... There are other teams, aren't there? There, there are other teams up going for it. Um, How many teams are going for it? <laughs> I would say five. Five teams are going for it. Yeah. Oh, England, one of those teams. Yes. Are they? Yeah. Okay, that's good. Where, where, where are England going to finish? Because you know all about about football, like in depth, I, because I you do honestly think podcasts, I think talk. England can make it to the final, but I would say likely out in the semis. And will England go against France? Is it set up that they could... they would play them in the final? I think yeah. Oh, so you've you've already set it up. You've got it. That's what's happening. Can you imagine? Imagine the country if we were playing France in the final of the Euros. It would be especially with all the fishing issues. God, yeah, exactly. <laughs> crikey! It's, oh, that's going to be. That's going to heat up, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, there you go. You heard it here first. That's a bit of fun. I hope everybody enjoys the Euros. What's um, it like, Mark, um, gigging during an international tournament? Is it a pain in the ass? Yes. Because I, I used to work at a wedding venue. I'm sure we've talked about it lots of times before. We and obviously summer on uh, 361 jokes five at a time. Yeah. And summer weddings, obviously, that's the height of the season for getting married. Mm. And when there's an international tournament especially when there's an England game on, it does disrupt a wedding and lots of people yeah. leave early or, you know, the bride and groom will make a concession. Yeah, exactly. Or they'll just, <laughs> sometimes they just, they just say, look, put a big screen up and we'll have the game on, you know. Yeah. Just because otherwise got, no you know, one will go. I think as a wedding, you've got to embrace it, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's my dishwasher you can probably hear in the background there. Um, yeah, so guess. what's it like gigging? Do you expect... Oh yeah, because you can low, hear that. <laughs> do, you, do you expect... Um, Good timing, we're putting poor, that on, Joel. Poor turnout, or is that going to go for the whole time? <laughs> yeah, it might do. Yeah, who cares? It's it's realism, guys. It's bit, yeah, it's a bit of fun. Um, it's annoying because some promoters don't think about that, and then mm. a week before your gig gets cancelled yeah. because they're like, "Oh, no one's going to come because the football's on." Mm. Or if England do well, some people don't anticipate that they will do well, and all of a sudden there's a semi-final on the day of yeah a gig. So that's annoying. Um, but quite often, quite often, promoters will change the time slightly just to adjust so people could watch the game and then, or the other way around. Mm. I yeah, I don't know. I remember I, I, it's quite it's quite fun sometimes because I've watched quite a few important football games with other comics, sort of near a venue, which mm. is quite fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I haven't even looked at the fixtures to see if I have any clashes or anything. So I don't, I don't know. Mm. Although I haven't got a gig tonight, I had a cancellation, and that and I know a lot of comics haven't got gigs tonight, and maybe that's a thing that there aren't as many being put on because everyone knows it's the first day. Yeah, it could be for Euros. I don't know. It's England Scotland next Friday, so I imagine. Oh, there you go. So we could do a live yeah, okay. diary check. So it's it's England Croatia tomorrow afternoon. Oh no. Next Friday's England versus. What have you just found? Are you gigging in Glasgow next Friday? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I've got I've got three. three oh, I mean, this is a little little bit of a boast. Got got three gigs on Friday. Are they going to get ruined because of the football? What time's the football? Uh, England Scotland. I think. Deep in the afternoon. I've got a feeling it's five p.m. Oh, that might be that might be fine then. And it's in Brighton, and people in Brighton don't like football, do they? They're more arty uh, in Brighton. Oh, they? no, it's eight o'clock. It's eight o'clock. Oh, shit. England versus Scotland, shit, eight o'clock on a Friday. Shit, they're goddamn bad. Cancel that's your gonna, That's going to, 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 oh, God. That's going to cause issues, isn't it? It is, yeah. Well, at least, 
At least people, we won't have any football louts at the gigs. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Oh, oh no! I hope they don't. Yeah, it'll be fine. It's a part of the Brighton fringe, so that's not gonna. They're not gonna change anything, are they? Last no. minute. No. Nah. Ah, oh, but but also, I'd like to watch that. Oh well. Yeah. Oh dear. Anyway, anyway, that, that doesn't. That's sort of that's a bit, sort of a bit of a downer. There, you think they thought the COVID chat would be the downer? Yeah, I know. There we go. Yeah. Um, so we'll be chatting away. I, I'm itching, Joel. I'm itching. I'm itching to crack on, and I'm itching because I did a gig by a, a, a river, no lakes, by some lakes oh, for yeah. Wednesday and Thursday night, and they those little bugs have bitten my back to shreds. Oh no. 20 bites. How, who counted them? I did. I was in the mirror. Did you? Yeah. Oh. Is, that, is that weird? How, 20 <laughs> bites? How, how many bugs do you reckon? One very hungry bug or 20? <laughs> well, I was wearing pickable? a shirt, so something got in and then it yeah, couldn't get went, out. And it, and it went crazy. Just, yeah, it loved it. So, yeah, that's, that's annoying. But it's feeling a little bit better today. Um, Joel, Jolly Boy. Um, we've got a podcast to crack on with, um, yeah. and every, it's late, so I'm, I, we do apologise, everybody. Um, I hope you enjoy it, and we're gonna we'll be back back to normal next week. We, I should have thought, wouldn't we, Joel? Oh yeah, back on time next week, and also uh, for our lovely Patreon uh, subscribers, uh, we have got uh, cracking 361 jokes five at a time ready for you as you hear this. I think yes, yes. definitely, mm-hmm. uh, and an extra podcast, extra extra with today's guest and uh if you want to find that that's uh, at joke that's where is it <laughs> patreon.com forward slash jokes with mark uh, and who is this week's guest producer joel it could only be garrett millerick it's garrett millerick what a lovely chat i had with garrett millerick garrett millerick was at my first gig back and i was like I like Garrett Millerick. I think Garrett Millerick's very funny. Let's get Garrett Millerick on the podcast. And you know what I did, Joel? You did just that. See? What? How would you describe what you do then as a, like... High-level consumer complaints. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's difficult to say because you kind of... You get people swept up, yeah. In it is it's kind of how I'd sort of describe it because you sort of go on these rants and just keep going, and the audience just come with you, and it's yes. just bang, 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 bang. I'm being I'm being unreasonable for people. Yeah, I think is that um, <laughs> I'm a very unreasonable person, and I think it's uh, I think people who like my stuff like watching someone be that unreasonable about things, like pushing everything as far as you possibly can to the point of absurdity yeah so is that so they're all your real opinions and then you just go with it is that well yeah i mean they're heightened versions of of my opinions i suppose like i Mm. will take uh but i've got no problem being the object of my own school and you know i'll I, i will take if i can find a logical fallacy in something uh i i i whether or not i i like i believe in it because yeah. look, like comedy isn't politics. Uh, mm. I know there's been a lot of confusion about that recently, and everyone's <laughs> like, you know, comedy is for social change, and it isn't. Comedy is a useless tool for social change. Using comedy for social change is like the time that I um, 
I tried to bash in a tent peg with a book because I'd forgotten the mallet <laughs> and I ruined the book and bent the tent peg and it worked after a fashion, but it wasn't the best way to do it. Um, yeah, nothing has ever actually changed no, because, you can't, because, of, because of a routine. <laughs> no, no, humour is actually, humour is a release valve. So um, so you can't actually, you know, revolution and, and social change tends to come at a point where there is no, where things are so desperate, there is a, there's a, there's a breaking point. Um, so if you have like clowns constantly offering release valves then it's sort of, it tends to simmer everything down a little dilutes bit. it yeah yeah well not dilutes it. i think it's it's a good thing you know the the george orwell on the uh when he was writing on the road to wigan pier was talking about like why extremism didn't take off in britain in the 1930s and one of the things is we had um the availability of cheap luxuries in a way that they didn't on the continent and right. uh and we also had music halls um and that sort of, you know, release valves and, and things mm. allow people to be more reasonable. So I find that hey. that funny when people are trying to use comedy as a as an extreme tool on on one one way or the other. If they're, you know, we're going to change things with this, and and you know, you have this sort of ridiculous fight of, um, you know, you've got people saying, you know, I want to be able to say whatever I like, and then people say you can't say that, and then mm. they're on the kind of extreme fringes, and they're trying to use this thing that doesn't work for what they want to use it for. <laughs> Uh, and I find I find it I find it absurd, um, and uh, so there's a rant for you. Yeah. <laughs> so when so when something when you do a bit that doesn't go right, yeah, is it is it mainly that they they don't get on board initially for the idea? Because I imagine with your stuff, once they're on board with the idea, yeah, you've got, you've got, it's about you've getting got the thesis out early, isn't it? Um, and. Yeah, it's it's difficult to explain because I don't. I was sort of looking at this, going, if if something doesn't work or an idea or something, I, mm. I tend to abandon it very quickly. So I don't. Oh, have, right. I don't have a huge sort of store of um, things that don't work. Like I was trying to, I was trying to work out this bit a couple of years ago about um, about money and how people think it would be great to have loads of money. But the thing about money, money is like an organism, and it has it comes with responsibilities and stress and pressure. Uh, and I personally, I'm not, I'm not good with money. So if I had a lot of money, that would be bad for me. I would find the management because <laughs> you have to manage money. Like mm. it's a, it's a thing and, and, uh, you have to have the skill set to do it. Um, so I was trying to equate it with, I would have no more idea what to do if you gave me 10 million pounds than I would <laughs> if you gave me a thousand pigs. Okay. So there are people, you know, there are qualified farmers. If you gave me a thousand pigs, they know exactly what to do with a thousand pigs. Yeah. If you gave me a thousand pigs. It would be a fucking nightmare. <laughs> um, but I couldn't get that as a, I couldn't get an audience to buy into that. That yeah. Uh, but I was, you know, sitting down with a notebook going, oh, this is great. I can talk about like people from school coming around to your house and asking for bacon. But, you know, um, <laughs> but I just, I just couldn't, I, I couldn't get the your pocket bacon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People coming around like going, oh, you know, family. You go, oh, maybe I'll give a family member a pig. Um, but just this idea of, of of something that we think of as being, you know, the root of uh, of all happiness. Yeah, actually yeah. Comes with it comes with inherent responsibilities and the requirement of a management skill set, which most people, particularly me, do not do not possess. So what do you what what do you do wrong with money? Do you, you you spe just spend it weirdly like no no i'm just not i'm not i'm not a really a numerate person and i'm not mm. because you know, i'm a professional clown so admin's not my thing yeah so like first off if you give someone 10 million quid you can't just put it in the abbey national <laughs> 
Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've often wondered you... this, actually. If you won, like, the lottery, what what actually happens? Well, I think the lottery, they give you, like, um, they give you, like, an hour or two with a financial advisor. Right. Where they go, like, maybe do this. But, you know, there are all sorts of um, tax breaks, implications and things to do with investment. And investment's quite complicated. Mm. Um, so you'd have to sort of stop what you were doing and try and sort of retrain in yeah. like um, the bassist from Guns N' Roses, Duff McKagan, when he got off cocaine in the end of uh, the nineties, he sort of realized that he was being ripped off left, right and center by his record company and things because, you know, artists generally are. Mm. Um, so he went to university and studied finance management and he's got a couple of degrees in it. Oh, and wow. he now like runs courses for, uh, runs a um, not courses uh, consultancy, excuse me, mm. uh, for people for for artists on that level to kind of explain financial breakdown sheets and all, all that sort of stuff. Uh, too. Yeah. So yeah, like I've got to go to Bristol later to tell some jokes, and if you gave me ten million quid at lunchtime, <laughs> that's just so much stress. And also <laughs> then you've got this, this tax implications to that, like where you put it, what you do with it. Um, it would not be. You'd be like, yeah, okay, I can buy things. But when you buy things, they don't generally, or for me anyway, um, they don't make me happy. Yeah. But that doesn't mean I, I, I don't mm. I, I don't stop doing it because the, no one does because we're sort of presented that that is an ideal of happiness. Go and buy something and make yourself feel nice. Yeah, yeah. Like when all the shops opened up after COVID, I was like, oh, I'm going to go down into town and have a, I'm <laughs> buy something and just wandered around going, I don't want anything. So do you think people are so bought into that whole idea of money will make you happy that they that, that's why they couldn't get on board with what you were saying? Like they're so sort of... Yeah, stuck. I think the idea of the 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 the, the concept of uh, money being a, a commodity and commodities need to be managed. And so you can compare that to pigs. They were just like, no, I can't make the connection. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Which, which is fair, which is fair enough. They're out for a night out. They're like, no, I don't want to think about that. Because also it's it's it also it doesn't. It's work, a nice way because it? anybody. It's a good example. Anybody in the audience, if they were given a thousand pigs, wouldn't yeah. know what to do with them. So they have a clue. It's but a great... they think they'd know what to do with ten million quid, but you know, yeah, okay. It but it would it would <laughs> it would cause the same problems. Like people are like you know you get to sundown, you go, what are you going to feed these pigs? Like, where are you going to put them? Where are you going to put yeah. ten million? Are we going to split some over there and put some over this one there? Yeah, doing yeah, this yeah, stuff. yeah. And then you're like, okay, well, I don't know what I want to do with these pigs yet. And then all these people show up and go, I'll tell you what to do with the pigs. But you don't know if it's right to farm them or kill them. Or... And if you do this with these pigs, you'll get some more pigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, you'll never need any more pigs. <laughs> You've got yeah. this many pigs, right? These <laughs> pigs make more pigs, like money. Um, but yeah, it just seemed like a, a thing that I couldn't quite... Yeah, uh... so would you? how many times would you have tried that before bailing on it? Uh... Excuse the pun. <laughs> Well, the pigs don't eat hay, do they? They, 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 do. they don't, no. Uh, it's a farm pun, related pun. Yeah. See, this is this is fun. It's exactly the sort of thing I can't. <laughs> I love um, the way you say fun with such disdain then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is fun. It's not my it's not my thing. Uh fun. I'm not I'm not I'm not known for being fun. Um so uh I don't know, once, twice. Yeah. And then yeah. you're just like, if they're not gonna buy into it, there's no you wouldn't ever there's no because with yours, it's a concept idea, I suppose. So just rewording yeah, it, it now, wouldn't make a difference. Well, it's that thing, isn't it? I've got a, I've, I've got a pile of ideas, and if one of them's going nowhere, the other mm. ones are. And I generally, I tend to do this when I'm working up shows. So I'll sort of start trying to put shows together in 
like three four months okay and wow i'm i'm not that diligent so i do it around stage time so if i generally don't have enough time to truck with conceptual ideas that aren't working yes I paint, okay like i kind of i write and and produce things um based on putting myself under an unnecessary level of stress <laughs> yeah so, so i've never got enough time to finish things so i tend mm. to in the, in the last month like not sleep be up all night and <laughs> and that sort of thing um so, so if, if there's something that isn't that I just mm. can't get an audience with a couple of times. I just have to bench it. And so the good thing with your stuff is, though, once you have an idea, that's usually a big chunk of stuff. So it, you only need yeah. a f few chunks of stuff, and you've got a show. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Uh, well, there are, it's usually sort of stories, and a lot of the stories I tell are, are true. So it's finding mm. that working out what the story is and then how to tell the story what the angle is on the story where the where the toppers are and whether you know yeah. where the angles are and, and the switches and things um you know i did a show a couple of years ago that had a had a very sad story in it and the challenge of making that funny i remember the first couple of times i did it there was a there was like the front of the show was funny and the mm. second bit of the show was an awful story uh just a very <laughs> you know a very sad story that i had to but i had to go on stage and just tell it as a sad story to work out what the mechanics of the story right uh are so when when i'm working out a story you have to work out what what bits you leave in what bits you leave out and stuff and you have to kind of you have to do that on stage mm. and get a feel for it and then keep keep working on it and keep working where the angles are where the jokes are and and sort of build it like that but yeah. uh, working with the skeleton of what the story is like the the bare bones sort of you know the, the girders underneath and going right you need this and stuff for it to function as a story and then yeah. you just keep going back over it and back over it and back over it embellishing it with with jokes and idiosyncrasies and and performance features and things to to turn it into into a routine so how did you transition from like the normal kind of funny stuff in the first half into the sad story? Did you sort of preempt it and tell, I just, it, I tell just, them? I just, I just told them. Um, oh, okay, so you've sort of prepared. So it, it literally it, no, it came a bit in in a story where it sort of had a it had a had a had a natural point. But no, I did try in previews and things to to work out what would be a funny way of getting into the sad story, and there wasn't one. You know, <laughs> sort of try it a couple of times. And, oh no, no, there isn't. So the best um uh the best thing to do there is just just honestly go right yeah here, here we go and it did end up in the show it was very funny um mm. but it, it sure sure as hell wasn't the first two or three times so that's something you knew you wanted to do so you actually stuck with that and mm. until you got that right yes yeah, yeah yeah that was uh yeah that was that was we were sort of committed to that that was not a Hey, wonder if I can get people to think of money as pigs and pigs as money situation. <laughs> so after but, doing that show, mm. by, by the end of it, was it a good? You you were happy with the the sad bit and how it all? Came oh yeah, together? yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it worked very well in the end. And um, would you still do a similar thing in the future with a show? Well, no, because I, that was that was a very particular set of circumstances to tell that, okay. that story. Um, it's not. I wouldn't look for a sad story. That yeah. was just a, basically I was working on a show and something sad happened and I couldn't finish the show. So the show went on three okay. quarters of the show that was finished. And then the end bit was about why I couldn't finish that show. And yeah. this, the thing happened whilst in the run up to the show. So it wasn't a, it was a circumstance, I, I guess sort of made that the, 
the only thing that I could do at the time. But no, I'm not. I'm not one of those people doing a, an Edinburgh show or something. Where okay, I'm, right. What's I'm, the sad bit? I'm hunting for a sad bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one thing I've well, never I been could... able to do with mine. <laughs> It just <laughs> yeah. really doesn't work. Sad one-liners. Well, it tend, you can't sit in a sad one-liner, can you? <laughs> That's the sort of point. Um, I was doing a gig last night, a new material gig, which is the first new material gig oh, I've done since we came back. And I was going through piles of things that I was working on when the pandemic hit. Yeah. Because I did have COVID stuff that I did on Zoom gigs. Um, and then I ended up sort of writing for some things and, and gave those jokes to that and okay i've got this sort of feeling yeah i had sort of covid stuff and then i sold it <laughs> yeah. i was like well but hey, i don't think people are going to want it no 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 it wasn't like a oh i want to hold on to that that's mm. mine it was like yeah that's fine I'll sell that um <laughs> so so yeah last night i had a bit uh it's quite a young trendy london audience and it was about um it was about being 37 a 37 year old dad living in the suburbs and and that all of these things that people are protesting about like the environment and all these things like i i haven't got i haven't got time for them anymore right because they're just they're not in my i can't go out and, and protest the environment and things like that because i've got a, a the things that concern me are things like diy <laughs> um so i had this joke which is a more see i never get joke jokes to work i had a joke uh, I invented the self-fulfilling prophecy. It probably won't go anywhere, but still. <laughs> years ago, and that never works on stage, never works on stage. But in the last six years, that has appeared in best jokes lists in six uh, national newspapers. So, you, so you just, you've just sub you submitted it, but it just doesn't suit you on stage. It just doesn't work on stage. And, yeah. um, oh, that's funny. Have you written every single jokes like that, that over the years? That Well, I think this one last night m m might be one of those. Um, but it's, it's funny when you get those emails going, do you have a joke? I always just, it's just become a thing with me now. I will just send that joke and see how many times I can get them to print it. Um, so it was like, it has really moved up the charts as well. In 2012, its first placing was 99 in the 100 best jokes of the end of the fringe. And I think it's been in top 10 lists since, uh, which uh, that's to do with my relative success rather than the merits of the joke. And that you know, that's, a, that's a look behind the curtain of the... You know, don't tell everyone the horror of the industry um that yeah it's it's not merit-based that little joke has been working very hard for nine years but yeah it just keeps <laughs> i love it it's got its own little story yeah, like yeah it's yeah. achieving it's, something yeah it's now it's now a satirical um trojan horse that i use <laughs> Uh, to expose the fallacy of uh, best joke lists. It's um, nice having something that you can tell people if they say, give us a joke when they find out you're a comedian. Or do you just avoid that totally? Oh, no, I always ask them for money, which stops the... <laughs> the tell us but joke. you won't know what to do with it. What if I gave you a pig? Uh, no, I mean, I'll know. I, I don't, they're not 10 million quid. I'll be like, I will tell you a joke for £175 because it's Thursday <laughs> and that's a reasonable price. <laughs> But if, but if you don't want to pay, then piss off. I'm not at work. Um, it's so, yeah, it's such a weird thing. Like going, hey, dance monkey, without any of the context for what you. I do. love that. There's a Bob Monkhouse joke, which is a classic. Um, of people say, you know, you're a comedian. Tell us a joke. I don't like, come up to you and say. I can't remember. He does a few of them. It's like a rule of three, and the last one's you're a politician. Tell me a lie. And yeah, it's like yeah. a real classic Bob Monkhouse joke that so that's just been happening for years is people so, just... yeah some people get very uh i don't even find this like people get very sort of annoyed if they find out you're a comedian and you're not being 
uh, entertaining. I like, Do you I, find I that at parties and that. social gatherings and things when people? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Particularly, we don't know anyone, and you go because I always just say I'm unemployed or I'm a writer or something. Yeah, um, that's good. Yeah, yeah, which which is getting harder and harder to do, and then normally now people offer it for me, and um, <laughs> and I don't like parties anyway. So that surprises me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. It's it's not my sort of thing. I've given given up smoking as well because normally now I just go and smoke outside uh, and try and find someone to have a proper conversation with. But yeah, um, I was I was at a, a gathering of people I didn't know who were connected to my wife a number of mm. years ago, and um, there was the, the office card was there who. He was he was really he, he found out I was a comedian so he was really sort of turning it on and he was a real tedious asshole. <laughs> and then <laughs> so he's threatened by you. Well, uh, trying to impress me or something. I I I I, I have absolutely no idea. Um, <laughs> and then there was a woman there who was like going, "Well, you know, what about him? He's he's very funny. He's very funny." And you haven't said anything funny. And I was like, I've, "You know, I haven't I have not said very much at all." And then she was going, uh, she was saying to me, he's, he's like James Corden. And I was like, okay, yeah, um, sure. <laughs> and she was like, and you don't know, that's how things happen. That's how things happen. James Corden would have been like him one day. And I was like, what, what do you mean? She was like, this is how James Corden was discovered. I was like, no, James Corden was in the National Youth <laughs> Theatre when he was 11 years old. He didn't get to host a late night show on American television because he was running his mouth off at a barbecue. But like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I'm disappointing you, but you're being weird. Um <laughs> That's that sounds like a bit. That's really funny. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, but then it's inside baseball, isn't it? You're going to do a 15 minute routine of why I don't like going to weddings. And then my <laughs> wife said to me after like the seventh wedding that we went to together, um, the guy who was sitting next to me got up to go to the toilet, and she turned around to me and said, "I get it now. I get why you don't like uh, weddings." She was like, "It's not that people ask you stupid questions; it's they ask you the same stupid questions in exactly the same order." <laughs> yes, sir. and I was like, and I was like, also, and there there aren't answers to any of them. Like, mm. what sort of comedy would you say you do? Um, Stand-up comedy. Yeah, but I mean, like, what type is it? Like, I, who's your favourite comedian? Do you like that Mrs. Brown's Boys? And you sort of go. <laughs> It's like it's it's well meant, like, and obviously, you know, it happens to everyone. It doesn't not just comedians. Like a friend of mine's a, a doctor, and whenever he goes to a wedding, people are like, "I've got this thing with my back," <laughs> yeah. and he's like, "Yeah, we'll go and see your GP." And they're like, "Would you have a look at this?" And he's like, "Absolutely not, no." It's um, funny that, isn't it? There, there are some jobs that that happens to. I wonder what other jobs there are that my my uh, my cousin is a is an artist. Uh, a, a very good one and we we were at another cousin's wedding sitting on the table and somebody around the table who was a doctor who was a real arsehole he found out that he was a um that elby was a was a painter and he was sort of saying to him well maybe you could paint something for my surgery <laughs> and it was it was really patronizing and really fucking weird. And Elby was like, yeah, it's like my, my next six canvases are pre-sold. And the guy's like, people will buy a painting before you've even done a painting. You're like, fuck me. That's like whenever you say like you're a comedian, they go, what, for a living? Yeah. But you actually earn money doing that. Yeah, yeah. The idea of like where where this gets monetized is very uh, confusing for for people. Previous the, the girlfriend's other... parents, I think, have always had that kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they that, they yeah, can't my, understand my... that it's a job. Yes, it's it's it is, uh, and it because people shouldn't look. It's people shouldn't think of this as a job. It's not helpful. 
No. <laughs> to think of it's just us as a bunch of dead-eyed industrialists trundling up and down the motorways of the country, <laughs> shoveling out the same material for cash. People want to think of it as a sort of jolly magic trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's true, actually. Um, but yeah. you must let us know the next time you're doing one of your shows and we'll come. <laughs> one of your stand-up comedy gigs. They'll say yeah. it in that full, one yeah. of your stand-up comedy gigs. Uh, Wednesday. What? Yeah, Wednesday yeah. in Hull. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're committed to this now. <laughs> I'll pick you up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's great. We can cunt people off in the car. Yeah, yeah. So this new mm. material gig you did uh, last night. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So, 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 so I'll tell, I'll tell you the bit, and then, um, so, I say, I say to my friend, like, I'm trying to work out how to get Artex off my ceiling, and he says what's Artex? And I said, never mind about that. And he said, look, you have to join me on the, this protest march because there are people in Britain living with historic crimes that have been done in the places they live, the repercussions of which they are living with to this very day. And I say, you said you didn't know what Artex was. <laughs> Wallop. <laughs> so, <laughs> so how did that go? Um, well, it, it went very well uh, oh, among, among, amongst certain people in the audience, but about seventy-five percent of the audience complete confusion. And then they broke into a conversation around one of the tables. So I inquired about <laughs> what what the conversation was, and they were all googling Artex. <laughs> <laughs> Because the problem there is, you're trying to do, a, I'm trying to sort of do a joke about perspective of, you know, my perspective has changed being a, being a father mm. in the suburbs beyond what it was when I was in my 20s in the city. Uh, but then when you go into cities and you're doing that to 20 year old people, you, you're doing a joke about how you speak yeah, a different yeah. language to them and you're doing it in a different language. So it functionally doesn't work. So it's interesting that. So you, what would your takeaway be from that? Because you will do a lot of gigs where it's not going to be that audience. So yeah. so do you do you want something that is going to work with everybody or will you just be like, well, that's okay. Most audience won't be full of those people. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a fat white bearded guy in the corner in an anorak who's chuckling away at that <laughs> and that'll do me. No, I do, I do at least sort of notionally strive for a certain amount of universality. So um, mm. So I think, bearing in mind, I've only been thinking about this for a couple of hours. Uh, I would, I'm going to have to work out a routine to come before that joke about what Artex is. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So that's the thing. Well, that's, uh, I guess you're coming back when you're getting people to get on board with these things. You have to give them all of the toolkits mm. that they need to unlock the puzzle. Like yeah, in, yeah. in a longer thing with with things like I'm doing like one of, one of the things of my things I have to sow all of the seeds in the routines and where I'm building up to for everyone to enjoy why I'm upset. Right. Yeah. 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 So I can't start at 200 miles an hour. I have to build up, and part of the build up is leaving all of the the, the tools that people require to 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 do the puzzle with me. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And That's interesting. So yeah, I'll, I'll have to sort of prefigure the that, uh, or, or get bored and drop it. I mean, to be <laughs> honest, I'm really re-energized about the pig thing after we talked. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 thing you did where, where you asked the audience, I do that a lot with new material gigs because when you're trying to joke, you don't know how it's working in their brain. Yeah. So I I, I quite often will 
if something gets a, a half-hearted response or someone looks confused, I'd always ask them what what they were thinking during the setup. Mm. Like that, like had I tricked or sort of had I taken them down that the road I wanted to take them down enough? Because yeah. I think I can't remember. I wish I could think of the example, but I had one the other day. And I hadn't taken them far enough down the path before turning the other way and they saw it coming. Yeah. Whereas I needed a couple of extra factors in the the setup so that they were fully committed to that road before I took yeah. the rug out. But I wouldn't have known that unless I'd said to them, what exactly were you thinking when, I, when I'd when i said it? Yeah, I think it's really important um, to to do that. I, I um, A couple of years ago, or whenever the last Edinburgh was, 2019, I had a piece about... Um, uh, mental health in at the end of it and it was to do with uh, celebrities and uh, princes and whatnot telling us about their mental health so the line is like people go uh, we're destigmatizing, um we're removing the stigma from talking about mental health and then I say well could we put some of it back and then I sort of go in and but then there's a qualifying bit I do about people who have genuine problems and that you know a celebrity whinging um, I think it was Gwyneth Paltrow. I used an example of whinging about something wasn't mm. helpful. Like, it's not removing stigma from things. It's actually it's hoovering up the valuable resource that is people's attention. Um, and therefore, it's whilst you're <laughs> saying it's constructive, it's not. It's very destructive, and it's mm. removing attention away from people who actually need help. Um, and I did that in a preview uh, at Hot Water, just on the on the way up to Edinburgh, and I oh. missed out three lines um in the qualifying bit Mm. um which were required structurally for the piece to function and have balance and for the comedy about it not to be cruel and this guy came up to me um to talk to me about it afterwards and he had had um struggles and he was really respectful and really polite and we talked through it and all of his criticisms were completely valid and mm. i said to him like oh right yeah no there is this this bit that i forgot to do and i was like oh right okay and he was like oh okay i felt this way about it and i was like okay um so yeah we had this really great conversation for about it for about 10 minutes and um that meant i was for the for the then driving from liverpool to edinburgh i was like right okay this cannot these lines have to be here and they have to be in this place for this to function. And if mm. they don't, I will make people feel bad uh, or you right, know, yeah. one or two people. And it's, that's, that's not okay. So there are certain things when you're telling stories that are like details or whatever that you can be glib about or, or not mm. include. But if you're trying to do something like that, every single structural peg of it has to be correct or yeah. it, it will go off in your face and it deserves to. So it- that's, that's really good about previews. And yeah, when people are, mm. Because um, if he also if he'd gone like I didn't I didn't like that da, 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 and we got into uh, you know an internet style argument about it that would have been really unhelpful. But somebody mm. coming up as a kind of rational human being and being like, hey, about that, and then you having a, a real functional conversation about it that uh, is is brilliant. Yeah, which is why it's the like the whole kind of cancel culture thing of like taking a comedian out of context and quoting it. Or whatever, like it, like a comedian could just be trying to work something in and hasn't just quite got the angle right, even though, you know. Yeah. The... Also, if you quote jokes in uh, in print, uh, the 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 actual writing of the thing, uh, you know, a performance is is the writing and the performance and the room and the energy and the people and the people's reaction and you know you're on, 
it's basically you know you're on an aircraft and there are like seven or eight different flight controls that are going and a load of passengers and then you're going okay i'm going to take the reading of one instrument from that yeah. plane and go here you go yeah <laughs> and that's it's like that's it's great yeah yeah you, you you're you're ignoring all of the other things that exist but that's one of the problems with the internet anyway if you like human beings don't speak to each other in the way that they do on the internet because we have all of these evolutionary these things that we've developed where we look into each other's eyes and you know you can you can empathize with people mm. and you can see how things are delivered and um and you know a stand-up comedy performance is a, is a very advanced form of that where it's a shared experience between a group of people and, and somebody using all of the tools of uh, language and physicality and energy and performance using a huge vast toolkit to create a reaction and the sheer ignorance of taking one piece of that and yes. saying that that gives you a comprehensive understanding of what was happening um yeah is 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 absurd yeah 100 percent. that that joke from hot water did did that the change the bit that you missed out affect the funny or was it just affect how it would make certain people feel like did you still get a laugh did you realize you'd missed yeah yeah no 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 i no i still got a laugh but it's it's the sort of thing where uh, you know i was pulling people along with things i i don't mind being i, I don't mind being cruel in, in a joke as mm. long as i can justify it to myself and i think if that uh i don't want to make people feel bad but i don't mind Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Uh, to, to describe that, you know, you can, you can push. Like I used to have a routine where I can't come out and talk about killing old people and again it's it's context and things but the justification was i was just taking at the time lots of people were doing fuck teenagers routine so i just flipped it on its head and re-engineered right, yeah. it um you, you couldn't do that now so much not, not in this no I, I reckon i could <laughs> <laughs> fuck, fuck old people we just had a national festival of fuck old people doing um yeah <laughs> it's not like last 14 months i don't think you took the temperature of britain in the last 14 months and went how do we uh how are we feeling about the elderly? 
pretty ambivalent, <laughs> if I'm honest. Now, uh, <laughs> I'm going to watch Netflix. Uh, is there any chance you can wear a mask? No, it's my civil liberties. Well, you might uh, kill someone. Yeah, but only old people. Fuck them. Um, yeah, maybe no, it's because of your routine, mate. Maybe you sparked all that attitude. I sincerely that could hope have been so. you. Yeah. <laughs> It's, uh, it'd just be nice to know you had an effect, uh, negative or otherwise. Um, but yeah, no, no, I, I could sell. There were lots of jokes in the bit and I could sell it, but mm. um, it was just missing qualifying bits, which yeah. were funny as well. So uh, it was funny, but it was it was unbalanced. Um, so, That's great. Yeah. So it, it was necessary, well, certainly for me, and to, put, to, to put it in a show and it'd be something that, um, you can stand next to and go. And also the routine got uh, misquoted in Sky News after the festival um, by somebody writing a, an article about mental health in sport. Now, I know nothing uh, about sport and uh, I certainly have never commented publicly, privately or otherwise on mental health in sport. Um, but this article on the Sky News website, which I found out about, I was on the way back from End of the Road Festival and my my mum contacted me via text to say it was very exciting. I was on the Sky News website because her friend Jenny had just been round <laughs> to tell me. And then I asked her for the details of, of this and she didn't have any, but thought I would be pleased. So I then had to go looking for this thing and found out it was it was one of the top articles on the sports section of Sky News. And I called her up and I was like, this is an article. The first three paragraphs of it are calling me a cunt. <laughs> and I think, no, I think I said, like, it, it, it's calling me a cunt. And my mum said, yes, but you get all of the first three paragraphs. <laughs> yeah, you're a famous cunt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but I, I also, I didn't I didn't say any of the things that this person is saying that I said. And I certainly didn't say them in the context that they are wow. suggesting I did. Um, but it didn't bother me at all because I can, I, I was perfectly happy that, I was perfectly happy about what I'd said and the way I'd said it and that it was balanced. Mm. Therefore, the criticism didn't get to me. Whereas, you know, when the guy came up to deliver criticism politely and in person and not on the Sky News website, um, he was right. He was absolutely mm. right because I'd forgot to, to balance the thing up. Um, so I did take that away and it did bother me and it bothered me into making sure I was very diligent when doing that routine that, yes. that it was balanced. And then, you know, if somebody wants to say that I said something that I didn't on Sky News, it's not going to keep me awake at night. Aye, yeah, cracking. Garrett Millerick! Ha 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 hashtag ooga to Garrett Millerick. <laughs> there he is. Great stuff. Any feedback uh, for the podcast, let us know at Jokes with Mark uh, on all social media, and we will report back uh, whatever you say next week. Um, Go check out all the uh, crazy bonuses over on patreon.com for slash jokes with Mark. And uh, is there anything more for me, Joe? There's nothing more for me, Mark. Anything more for you, Mark? Nothing more for me, Joe. Hashtag I will go, everybody. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 